Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Dropped our My Dream Team with Jackson Hastings this morning. Highly advised you're going to have a listen to that one. About an hour or so of just sensational footy chat. Two footy nerds getting stuck into it, talking about some of the best players over the last 50 years of Rugby League. You'll thoroughly enjoy that one. But today we're going to dive into a little bit of 2022 Supercoach draft preview. Also can be used for classic content as well, no doubt about it. Today we're going to focus on Tavita Pangai Jr. Now, I've been a bit of an, an enigma in Rugby League over the last few years, but especially in Supercoach, a guy that has just got more ability than most. If Tavita Pango Jr. played his best every week, uh, he would be the best forward in rugby league. And I don't think there's any real doubting that. He's just got high-end ability that not many other guys do. Um, It's the ability to be able to control that ability and, you know, just keep his temper down pat. It has just proven to be so difficult over the last few years and he spent so much time sitting on the sidelines, sometimes through injury, which I understand, I get that, Uh, but then other times it's just through brain explosions and when he signed with the Penrith Panthers, uh, I sort of said, geez, I don't know about this one, I don't know if he's the sort of guy Penrith need in their system. To his credit, he went down there and seemingly turned it all around. Uh, It was sensational for him. He He was fantastic for Penrith as well. I sort of thought the, the, the best thing that can come out of this is that Penrith will be good for Tevita, but I think Tevita was good for Penrith. Uh, I, I thought he was great when he arrived. He improved out of sight. Uh, he obviously went through a little bit off the field, uh, which, you know, I, I was talking to Isaac John about this in the final series, you know, just sort of probably leveled him out a little bit potentially um, and sort of, yeah, I, I, I think he matured more in the last six weeks uh, of the NRL season than he has over the last five or six years. So Tavita's a guy that I've always been a huge fan of. I love his ability, but it was always the brain explosions and everything that I just couldn't trust. And I've had him in my Supercoach teams for a number of years. The boys in my Supercoach comp will know I've drafted him three or four times in the last five or six years. I, I just always love the high-end ability, but it's just, it has been getting harder and harder to trust 
that you're not going to cop a brain explosion and you're not going to watch him sitting on the sideline for six to eight weeks. Yeah, and... You know, he's always had a thing where he's got to constantly prove that he's the guy on the field. He's got to try and come up with the big offload. And sometimes it it can be a little bit selfish. But that sort of stuff translates to Supercoach. As we all know, you want a guy that offloads. You want a guy that wants to create. For years, it was Andrew Fafita. He would scatter across the field. He'd break four or five tackles and only make two meters. But he'd break four or five tackles. Then he'd create an offload. And all of a sudden... He's gone three metres forward, but he's got 14 super coach points. And Tavita's sort of in that same category. Now, Tavita's obviously moved clubs. He moved to the Penrith Panthers, as we said. Missed out on that grand final through injury. Uh, pulled himself out of it, which I thought was a remarkable decision from a guy like him. I think he's always put Tavita before the team. Um, and I saw in that final series when he was at the Penrith Panthers that he put the Panthers before Tavita, which I think is sensational signs. It's worked out incredibly well for Canterbury, who have signed him. I believe they've signed him on a three-year deal. So hopefully he doesn't get comfortable. Hopefully he stays hungry. Uh, I mentioned on Instagram that, you know, getting a little bit of success at Penrith, it's uh, hopefully it, it, it just turns the corner for him. Hopefully it's a taste that he wants more of. It's an addictive feeling. Winning, getting to a grand final would have been sensational for him. Being around that system, it's a sort of system that he's never been in before. He's always been up at the Broncos who for essentially his entire time there, have just been chaotic. Uh, They've always been playing off the back foot, which for Supercoach is great as well because it forces you to play your hand, and he's the sort of guy that you look to for an offload and what. But arriving at Canterbury off the back of his experiences at the Broncos where it all went to shit and he made a heap of mistakes and he learnt from it, then going to Penrith and just seeing what a good system looks like and understanding that Tavita he can be most effective when he's part of a system, when he's not the system. So I'm really excited for him to land at Canterbury. The only thing I worry about Supercoach-wise is how Trent Barrett is going to use him. And depending on when your Supercoach draft day is going to be, I don't know how much of trials you're going to see. For example, I know that in our draft competition this year, we're having our draft pretty early, sort of before trials, solely because... We've got four or five weddings. There's a heap of shit going on. So getting all the boys together for a weekend is, is going to be tough. So we're going pretty early. So we're not really going to be able to see the sort of minutes or positional-wise where Tavita Pangai Jr. is going to play. So all of a sudden, he becomes a huge gamble, as I'm sure everyone else will be dealing with the same situation. The reality of it is he's at Canterbury. They haven't been doing very well uh, over the last few years. They've got a whole whole set of new guys in this system, especially guys in the forward pack that could move Tavita around. Now, he could end up at 13. He could end up in the front row. He could end up on the edge. Uh, you've got Paul Vaughan arriving. Johnny Asiata arriving. These are two guys that... You know, Paul Vaughan will obviously be in the front row somewhere, but then you've got Luke Thompson as well. So is there a spot for DeVita in the front row? Is there a spot for him at 13? Josh Jackson's been there the last few years. Do you move him out to the second row? Do you play TPJ at 13? Does Johnny Asiata play 13? Does Josh Jackson shift to the edge? Does, you know, Raymond Fitala Mariner's got to come back into this side as well? So DeVita Pangai Jr. is a huge huge punt in this football team because you don't know what his role is going to look like. If he manages to land, you know, 50 plus minutes somewhere, you're flying. If he manages to land 80 minutes on an edge, very exciting. Ideally, you want him to land outside Matty Burton. I think that'd be the perfect spot for him. I think that'd be the the best result possible. Every time he offloads, Matty Burton's going to get it. He'll be cranking off that left foot. There will be a lot of scoring opportunities that come from 
being outside Matt Burton, but there's a really good chance he could end up at 13. There's a really good chance he could end up on the bench as an impact guy. Now, is that a negative thing? Well, I mean, you'd rather him playing 80, but if he plays 50 minutes off the bench against tired bodies and comes on and has impact in the modern game, that really could be anything for Tavita as far as Supercoach goes. I think he's one of the bigger gambles heading into season 2022 of Supercoach, and we're going to go through some numbers now and take a little bit of a deeper dive into what TPJ can offer, because the ceiling is incredible. The base is good as well, but the ceiling is incredible. So if you have a look at season 2021, which of course... He was at the Broncos. Uh, he was then out for ages. He then came back to the Penrith Panthers, played little minutes there. But his season average was 65 from 61 minutes. So he averaged 61 minutes throughout the season, scoring 65 points on average. So he's more than a point per minute player, which is sensational. That's what you want in Supercoach. In 2021, when he played 55 minutes or more, he averaged 71.4, which is pretty impressive. Now, when he played 80 minutes, he, he only averaged 68. So he actually averaged more when he just played more than 55 minutes, but he averaged less when he played the full 80, only by three or four points. Now, the reason for that is when he played 55 minutes plus, that includes a couple of games where he played in the middle, where he really did dominate. And this is the interesting thing about Tavita. With most guys, we sort of line up, okay, how many minutes they play, that'll be the higher points they scored. It's not always the case with Tavita. He actually started in the middle in the first three weeks of the season. He played 32 minutes in round one against Parramatta. He scored 79. He played 52 minutes against the Gold Coast Titans in round two. He scored 100, scored a try in that game. Let's take out a try. Let's take out a line break. Let's take out another, you know, 10 points for tackle breaks or whatever. That still leaves him at about 70 points for that game, yeah? Uh, then in round three, uh, he played 59 minutes. He scored 82. So, and what I want you to note is in those three games when he played in the middle, he averaged 45, 53, and 47 in base stats. So he isn't just this attacking juggernaut that is just laying on tries and offloads. He does do, when he's in the middle, he does work really hard. He goes above and beyond and he does make a heap of tackles. He does take a heap of runs. But then you have obviously the creating and evading stats. Evading stats in those three games, 28, 32, 16. So you're average. Averaging, what, about 25 points there or something. So a pretty high-end attacking ability, but the base is still there. So the base in those first three games was about 47. Over the entire season, he averaged about 41 base stats. So he does work hard when he's in the middle. But there's obviously a drop-off when he goes to the edge. Now, when he goes to the edge, you obviously have more chance of scoring tries there. But the reality is last season, he played three games three games as a starting front rower at the start of the season. He scored one try. His next 10 games, he played on the edge and he only scored two tries the entire season. Then at the end of the season, he was playing for the Penrith Panthers. He was coming on as a middle. He scored two tries in three games. So dare I say, the stats sort of signal to me that Tavita, he's probably better when he's in the middle. That's when he does. He has more base stats and it's also where he has more attacking upside to be able to create an offload, to be able to barge over and score, to be able to get a line break out of nowhere. Uh, whereas when he's playing on the edge, when he tends to get the ball, you tend to put, you tend to get him in certain positions. You tend to have an entire edge all eyes on Tavita. They will go all eyes in on him, which will quite often create attacking stats for other guys, but not always Tavita. So, I mean, ideally... I don't think you want him to play in the front row for Canterbury because you have got Luke Thompson, you have got Paul Vaughan, who I both think will play big minutes. But, I mean, if he was to land in Jersey 13 and play 55, like, wow. 
It, it could be anything for Tavita. And, you know, as I said, uh, in 2021, when he plays 55 plus minutes, 71 average. 2021, when he plays 80 minutes, he has a 67, uh, a 68 point average. So still sensational scores, still really high end sort of things. Uh, obviously, at the end of the season, he was at the Panthers for three games. He played limited minutes there. He only averaged 30.5 minutes. So 30 minutes, 30 seconds. That's how much he was averaging when he was at the Penrith Panthers per game. He still averaged 53 points. Now, granted, he scored two tries in that, no doubt about it, but his base stats essentially went point per minute still. So he has, he still, he works and he can come up, come up with attacking upside. Now it should be noted that Brisbane team going like a busted asshole essentially until he left. Hopefully this Canterbury team is a little bit better, but we're not really sure if they're going to be. We assume they're going to be with all their new signings and whatnot, but we don't know that for sure. So it is still a gamble, no doubt about it. Now, in 2021, when he played 40-plus minutes as a middle, those first three games I spoke about, there was an 87 average there. So he averaged 87 points when playing 40-plus minutes as a middle. It was only across three games, don't get me wrong, but as I said, a 483 base state average in that game. So in those three games. So there is a lot of upside here, a heap of upside. If we look back to 2020, now remember, this is when the Broncos were going terribly. They were awful. Wooden spooners that year. He went, When he played 50-plus minutes, he averaged 70 points. When he played 80 minutes on the edge, he averaged 68 points. When he played in the middle, averaging 55 minutes, he averaged 94 points per game in 2020. So when he was playing as a middle... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Average 55 minutes throughout those games, he was averaging 94 points. Now, that only came from, I think, three games it was. Two of them were against the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Yeah, so two lower-placed teams. He scored a try in both of them. But that's the sort of attacking upside that this guy has, Tavita Pangai Jr. Now, it all comes down to how you think Trent Barrett will use him. If he uses him on an edge, at least you're guaranteed 80 minutes there. Yeah, you would assume... If he's going to have him in the team on the edge, he will play 80 minutes there, which is great. It probably drops his base stats down a little bit. You potentially lose some attacking stats, but at least you've got Tavita out on the field for 80 minutes. He's going to create some something at some point. He's still going to come up with big scores. When he was playing on the edge this year, playing 80 minutes, uh, he scored 100 once and he scored 93. Outside of that, he didn't go above 90, yeah? But a couple of other good scores, uh, 71, you know... Uh, 82. So there are a couple of good scores there, but when he's in the middle, that's when you do see the really high upside. But if he's in the middle, you really run the gauntlet as far as him not playing many minutes. Luke Thompson isn't going to have many rests. I think Paul Vaughan's going to play big minutes as well. So Tavita is in a really, really awkward spot as far as where he lands. As much as he is better in the middle, I think there are too many mouths to feed for him to be as destructive as we know he can be in Supercoach if he's playing in the middle because I think he will lack minutes. I think there's too many other mouths to feed there, as I said. Whereas if he, if he manages to land on an edge for 80 minutes, it could be anything for 
for him. At least he's out there for 80 minutes. He will still have high attacking upside. If he does land on the side of Matty Burton, that is sensational as well. So there's a lot that goes into this uh, this draft pick with Tavita Pangai Jr. He normally, in my competition, which is a 14-man league, so it is pretty deep, he normally goes round two or three, and it's normally to someone who maybe hasn't got that huge upside in their first two picks, first two or three picks, so they gamble on a Tavita Pangai Jr. I've done this a couple of times. I always use my round three or four pick to take a forward with a bit of upside. Last year, it was Luciano Lua. The year before that, it was Tavita Pangai Jr. He's definitely a guy to look at, but it is a big punt taking him early because you just don't know what his minutes are going to look like. You don't know how they're going to use Josh Jackson. You don't know how they're going to use John Asiata. You don't know how they're going to use Raymond Faitala Mariner. There's a lot of moving pieces in this side. It helps that Adam Elliott has left. That definitely helps the cause. If you put Adam Elliott back in there, it's an absolute head fuck. You've got no idea what's going to go on. you still got no idea, but it's a little bit easier to work out than what it was with Adam Elliott. I think the key is going to be where they use Josh Jackson. You've got to assume that Josh Jackson, he is going to play 60-plus minutes. I, You know, the last few years, he has played 80. You've got to assume, at worst case, he's the captain of the club. He's the best defender at the club. Worst case scenario, he plays 60 minutes. Now, if he plays 60 minutes at lock, you could see Tavita land on an edge for 80 minutes. If they move Josh Jackson out to the edge. You could see Tavita play lock, or you could see Johnny Asiata. It comes down to Asiata and Josh Jackson where they want to play him. If they move Josh Jackson just into the front row, which personally I think would be a good move, all of a sudden you've got him starting, which means you've got a few more guys like Paul Vaughan, um, like Luke Thompson, these other guys that now you've got to fit in the team somewhere. As I said, I love Tavita Pango Jr. The scores are sensational. For him to average 90 super coach points when he's playing 50 plus minutes as a middle forward over the last two years. That is unbelievable. But will he have the minutes in this Canterbury Bulldogs system? If they have a heap of injuries, all of a sudden, Tavito Pango Jr., he could be the best forward in the game by far and away. By far and away. But it depends how it all plays out. You've got to back your gut feel on how you believe Trent Barrett will use him and how you believe Trent Barrett will use him when things start to go wrong. Because Trent Barrett, he has shown when things aren't going well, he will make chopping changes. He'll make rogue decisions. He'll move guys all over the place. So you have to be prepared for that with Tavita Pangai Jr. You also have to be prepared that the reality is, as much as he's turned his life around by the looks of it, as, as good as he's going, he is still going to miss games of suspensions. He has had hamstring injuries in the past. He's a 120-kilo explosive athlete. Hamstring injuries are not ideal. They do pop up regularly for him. He has also got all the off-field stuff. He's got a brain explosion in him. He has got a suspension in him. That is just the reality of it. I think when you pick Tavita Pango Jr. in your draft team, you've got to think to yourself, okay, there is going to be a minimum of five weeks where I'm not going to have Tavita Pangai Jr. and I have to be prepared for that. There is also going to be the factor of I've got no idea where he's going to play. I've got no idea what his football is going to look like. Is he going to come on the field in limited minutes and try and be the hero and screw things up and put himself you know, down the back of the line as far as Trent Barrett goes? A lot of things going into this as well. He's on a three-year contract. Does he get comfortable? Would you rather him on a one-year contract where he's got to prove to Canterbury that he should be in this team? There are so many moving pieces when it comes to Tavita Pangai Jr. But if he can land a 60-minute spot anywhere in this team, I think all of a sudden he becomes a premier, premier supercoach player in our game. You could get fantastic value in him 
if you get him in round three, or it could be an absolute clusterfuck, as it normally is with Tavita Pangai Jr. This will be one you'll look back in hindsight and go, nailed this or failed this. We're not sure how it's going to play out. But he is a guy to keep an eye on if he gets around three, round four, and you can get a bit of value in him. He is a bit of a gambler. If you're really happy with your first three picks, you could roll the dice on Tavita. It could be anything. I normally find that even if you screw up your round three, round four pick, you can normally recover from that. If you know what you're doing on the waiver wire, you can handle taking a bit of a loss there. He is still going to have attacking high upside games. That's the reality of Tavita. He is a gamble, though. You need to be aware of everything when you're going into this because you are sort of going into this blind, especially on when you draft. Based on when you draft, whether it is in February where it's very early March, you need to be watching trials, seeing where he is, listening to what Trent Barrett is saying, listening to what the other players are saying. I think he's going to be one of the more interesting characters heading into Supercoach season 2022. Someone will take a gamble on him. They will either be a hero or they will be bitterly disappointed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 